again. Great. Awesome. I can hear you well as well. So, um, hi, this is the Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we discuss all things um, writing business. I'm MC Basil, the host. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yes, thank you. My name's Craig Randall, um, uh, fiction writer and, and poet and teacher, and just excited to be here. Brilliant. Okay, so we'll jump right in if we can. Um, so, um, what's your current book about, please? The current book is called The Doom That Came to Astoria. It's part one of uh, a three-part story. It's a trilogy. Uh, it follows a, guy, a young man named Charlie, who is also a teacher, or is trained to be a teacher. He, his whole life has been kind of filled with trauma and extreme pain, kind of grew up in a very abusive home. And he just wants to move on from that and start afresh and, and, and be a positive force uh, in the world. He, um, um, but the novel kind of tackles the idea of control a lot in, in kind of what happens to us um, from traumatic experiences and abuse. And he doesn't really realize that every step he takes into this new life is kind of being forged for him. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and he's not quite sure who's actually in control of everything that by sounds, the end. Uh, mm. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, so what inspired you to write that? Um, that's the funny thing is I, um, I, I've always wanted to write a book. I mm. never even intended to have it published, but I struggled most of my life with, uh, anxiety and depression. Um, mm. and I, I'm on anxiety medication and I tried to go off it about three years ago and just mentally crashed into a deeper hole than I've ever known. Okay. And, um, which was really <laughs> excruciating. And all of a sudden in the middle of that chaos, I felt like I've always loved writing. I've always been told I could write and I was good at it, but I never had a story. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden I felt like I had something to write about and I had, and I ended up using the novel to kind of write the pain out. And, um, uh, Part one was a lot about, like, the doom that came to Astoria was about <laughs> processing through my own experiences with trauma, abuse, pain, control, uh, anger, really, and, um, and, and what happens. I also write poetry. My first poetry book is coming out, and they're kind of two sides of the same coin <laughs> um, about hope, um, but also the fight to get there. Um, Charlie is, is very much actually... Um, in a lot of ways, he's just me. It was just me using fiction to, to take my own experiences and, and play with them on a more extravagant scale. Like there's a, there are kind of these monstrous creatures in the book. Those aren't real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, but nonetheless, the things that, that take place um, with the characters, the good, the bad, and these creatures at the end, um, it was an incredibly healing process just writing it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what's the dramatic question? Hmm. The dramatic question uh, to me, uh, which was interesting, I loved reading that question in the notes because um, hmm. it was something that I didn't even think I understood until I was writing part two. Um, the question that the, the, the novel really, I think, grasps for or tries to understand is, uh, whether or not we actually are capable of moving on from pain as people. Can we actually move forward? Can we actually heal? Um, we can acknowledge things. We can, um, uh, we can, you know, do therapy. We can do the work. We can move on. But if, if an event happens, you know, can it go away? Can its imprint go away? Uh, and that's been kind of the exciting adventure of the series 
um, in general. As I think I mentioned to you before, um, I won't not to spoil not not like spoiling the ending, but um, but things. This is only part one, so things things don't exactly you know they're not they're not completely resolved yet. Um, and it's interesting to it was interesting writing the subsequent stories and, and eventually getting to that resolution and, mm. and finding what that looks like. Um, because Charlie is trying to heal. I wanted to, I think people in general, we want that pain to go away. Mm. Um, I was at a point, as I mentioned, I was in this really dark place. I was at a point where I didn't think it was possible. So mm -hmm. I think it was maybe even just me scratching for hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. That's some powerful stuff. <laughs> and yeah. uh, what value do you think um, does your book actually give the reader? Mm, that's a good question. I think the pe people who have read it, um, I think my hope, uh, I had two hopes. Uh, once, once I knew the book was actually going to get published and once I knew people were going to read it, when I was editing it, I remember having two things in mind. Um, as I was trying to reframe certain things or polish certain things, I wanted first and foremost, I'd never read a book in my entire life where I think I empathized with, um, I, I just don't remember there being a lot of, at least main characters that had anxiety or depression. Mm. There was moments where I've noticed characters had anxiousness or, or something like that, but I've, to a certain degree, I've never seen a person in a story that actually I completely identified with in that way. Mm -hmm. So I wanted, I think the value is I wanted desperately for this to be a story that if somebody has had severe panic attacks, if somebody has spent years in that cloud of depression, I wanted them to be able to read this and just think, oh my gosh, this person understands exactly how I feel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they wouldn't feel as alone because it's a very isolating experience. And, mm -hmm. um, and to, to my extreme joy, uh, people that I know personally or not personally, people who have reached out to me, have 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 confirmed that that was the case. Some mm -hmm. of them said they had to put it down in, in tears because they were a kind of scared that <laughs> they'd experienced that, but also um, that they didn't feel as alone. Likewise, I think the other the other piece is is for people that have never experienced it. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a, a several several people give me some incredible feedback about. They said, "Wow, I had no idea." what it was like mm -hmm. but they said reading through it in the book made them actually almost feel like they were experiencing it which was terrifying for them mm. and uh, i think it my hope is that it gives empathy uh, to both parties mm. okay um and do you hope that it's actually healing or is that for the uh, is that for part two? Oh, that's a good question i hope um but absolutely i hope it's healing mm. uh, i think i think it'll come in threads though mm. um I think, because uh, again, not to spoil the, the entire ending at all, but no. uh, part one ends in a, in a fairly bleak place for Charlie, um, mm. but it's not the end of his journey. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's healing for people to see that they're not alone, mm -hmm. but and without spoiling the very end, yes, um, <laughs> um, I exactly. But mm -hmm. I will, I will. I have told a couple of people I've talked to uh, that have that have asked and asked and asked, mm -hmm. um, uh, mostly because I think all people need resolution in their lives. Mm -hmm. Charlie's pain does resolve absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to tell anybody how. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but when I even wrote the finale for part three, which is kind of in its editing phase right now, mm. um, I, I actually got to the end of that story and I felt like I was unwrapping pieces of myself. And I actually mm. just started kind of, 
I broke down into tear into into really powerful kind of tears for like twenty minutes because um, mm. something had released from me, mm. um, and I I think that will trans. My hope is that that will translate. Um, and here's a question now: um, mm-hmm. Could it be potentially triggering to people? That's a great question. Um, I think so. I absolutely mm. think so. And there's a few people that I know personally who who have read it or were going to read it. And I, I, um, I warned them beforehand. Um, uh, it's not in the, uh, the, the version that's out right now, but the, there's a second uh, version coming out where uh, there will be a trigger page. Cause I do mm. think uh, one, one friend actually did say they had to put it down um, because it, because of the potential triggering. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, and what have the reviews been like generally? Uh, generally speaking, the the reviews have been um, constructive and encouraging and powerful. Um, and there, there's been. Hello. Speaking of hiccups. Hello. Hi, Greg. Oh, here we go. Hi. Uh, So we're on um, the second segment, which is about um, branding. Um, Yeah. And so I'd like to ask you about your personal author brand. Yeah. Um, So I know that you're very active on um, Instagram. Yep. Um, What would you say your author brand is? Uh, I would say my author brand um, is about the pursuit of hope. Mm-hmm. I think is the big piece. Uh, it's the, at least it's the thing that connects it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that in uh, the two words that I've kind of kept as my almost North stars um, mm-hmm. are hope and authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting how um, there's a couple of things I've noticed, even with the poetry that I post and different things like that, the majority of poetry that I see on Instagram or any sort of social media is all really sad. Mm-hmm. And it's all really depressing and mm. I empathize with a lot of it, but it doesn't necessarily make me feel better, if that makes sense. Mm. And something that I think stood apart for me, even when the, with the book of poetry that's coming out, when I went through my cave, as I mentioned in segment one and, and kind of collapsed, mm. I wrote a lot and it was a lot. It was all very similar. It was very um, about those depth and emotions and mm. a lot of what was going on it was very visual and visceral. But again, it didn't make me feel better. And when I was, I was reading several books about the brain and, and healing and health and everything talked about rewriting even neural pathways and, and not focusing on how you feel, but pushing the mind and thoughts toward what you want to feel. So I applied that to the poetry and, and, and stumbled into um, what I write mostly now, which is mm-hmm. taking the negative feelings and turning them into positive. And it was really interesting, um, at least something that I try very hard to stay true to on the Instagram page is not to hide the feelings, right? Um, Mm -hmm. um, And not to, when I'm feeling down, but using language to acknowledge how I'm feeling and, but also try to use it as the hands and rails and and stones and stepping stones toward what I want to feel, which is hope and Mm -hmm. strength and peace. Um, And the the more I stick to that, I, it, uh, the more I experience it, feel it, sense it. And um, I think that's 
I think I ended up creating that author brand without even trying to, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But, but then when I started looking in, in even reading through the questions for this podcast, it was, it was funny reflecting because um, had I set out to create an author brand, I don't know if it would have been the same. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like, but it was cool. And I've looked into it since even before preparing for this, but it's always been interesting to look back and think, oh yeah, I, I do have that. It's, it's this. And it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a long time, I, when lockdown started with, um, at the beginning of COVID, uh, for myself, selfishly, I started doing um, uh, daily um, stories of hope and joy, like just mm-hmm. telling people what my simple hopes and joy were and tagging other people to join in. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a, a long time, I, would, I even ran into people on the street who I knew just from Instagram, and they'd be like, hey, you're the hope and joy guy. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. <laughs> so I was like, and it became very clear what my, my brand became. Um, and then with the, the funny thing, too, is when Doom came out, uh, Doom, the Doom that came to Astoria is not very uplifting. <laughs> so it's very, it's a stark contrast. Um, but to me, it's the other side of the coin. It's Charlie is the character who's in hell, basically. And he's working to become that guy that writes the poetry. He wants to become the hope and joy guy. He wants to, I'm, I'm essentially out of the pit. Charlie's in book one. He's just not there yet. Mm. Okay, so and in terms of taglines, I think that would be the appropriate tagline for you as an author. Hope and mm-hmm. joy, guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the book series, the trilogy, yeah. do you have a tagline yet? Um, I don't have a tagline yet. Mm-hmm. They have. There's a series title, mm-hmm. but um, that's a good question. No, I haven't even. I haven't even really considered it. Mm-hmm. I'd have to think about it. What is the series title, by the way? The series title is called the Northwest Trilogy. Okay, great. Um, and do you have a, the name of the second and third book yet, or is uh, that a secret? I do have them. The third mm-hmm. one's a secret, but the second book is called The uh, Dreams in the Pearl House. Okay. Um, okay. And they and the, it's the Northwest Trilogy because they all take place in the Northwest of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Doom that came to Astoria. Charlie grew up in Portland, Oregon, which sure. is where I'm from, mm-hmm. and he moved to Astoria, Oregon. And then Doom comes to Astoria. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes back to Portland. And there's a, there's a really famous uh, quarter in Portland, Oregon called the Pearl District. It used mm-hmm. to be um, old, old factories that all got run down and the homeless ran, ran it over. And it was like drugged out tenements. And in the 80s, it was just kind of, a, kind of a place nobody went. And then in the 90s, they built it up. And now it's like the most posh part of Portland. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to go destroy part of that, I think. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. So could, but yeah, so dreams in the pearl house—they're all, they're all, all the titles are actually plays on old H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories. Mm. Yes, I, I definitely got that vibe. Absolutely. Yeah, like the dream or the doom that came to Sarnif, and mm. then uh, the part two is is um, is um, um, dreams in the witch house. Mm. Awesome, brilliant. Well, I was going to ask. Um, do you have any author role models? Oh my gosh, uh, definitely Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a lot of him when I'm editing because um, he helps me cut out all the over verbose language that I use way too much of. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, oddly enough, Shirley Jackson. Okay. Because um, she's just amazing. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think there's a writer who's ever lived that could create so much discomfort with such simple 
sentences and language and she's just brilliant um mm. and then um believe it or not as well this one surprises people uh Raul Dahl mm. but his adult short stories not his children's books mm-hmm. brilliant good okay so um the um if we move on to the um target audience and mm-hmm. uh, market analysis segment yeah so um who do you write for uh, that's a great question. I, I would say my primary audience is me. Okay. Um, and this mostly because, um, I have to tell my writing is a very discouraging hobby, especially mm-hmm. if you're writing for an audience and, and wanting, um, to sell more books and, and for people to get it, uh, et cetera. So first and foremost, I, I try to remind myself that I wrote the books to heal. Mm-hmm. So even if I didn't sell one, um, because I feel whole now, I've been successful. The poetry I write on a regular basis, I, I write poems every day mm-hmm. to engage with how I feel. But that mm-hmm. being said, I think the primary audience is um, anybody who's struggled with mental health. Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, I mean, that's, I think, who the Instagram page came out. To. I mean, they, that only even started itself because I had written several poems, showed them to a friend, and they just said, more people need to see these because I identify with all of it. Mm. I was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a pretty shameless person. I'll put them online. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was through the Instagram page that the, um, that the publisher reached out and they just said, wow, this is powerful. We think we would like to, to work with you. And I said, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. it, was, it all kind of happened by accident. Um, oh, okay. Um, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But then uh, it's also, it's an interesting uh, subject too, because it's also kind of, it's brought up some interesting issues. Um, I picked the genre of horror uh, just because I can't imagine anything scarier than the experiences I've had during in- intense anxiety attacks. Um, I don't think there's anything more terrifying than what your mind does to you when you're at your lowest. And um, horror, the horror genre just has the tropes that will that I think would play that off well. And then I always loved the Lovecraft stories and, and kind of that, those worlds. Um, so a lot of that is just playing off of it, but I uh, believe it or not, I've actually had some diehard Lovecraft fans have been the biggest critics of the book. So mm. oh, wow. one of my, one of my favorite reviews that I, um, I, I kept as the backdrop of my phone for a week because I thought it was funny, uh, specifically said that I had neutered Lovecraft's monsters and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was good. Um, and like pandered, pandered, what was that? I was pandering to the emotional sensibilities of the new leftist regime and neutered Lovecraft's monsters. Um, I, I, I think I just chose to arrogantly take it as he didn't understand the book, but, <laughs> but I wonder what he or she meant by that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the funny thing is, like, when I when I read the neutered the monsters part, mm-hmm. um, I I definitely don't portray them in the same way. Sure. Um, so there's, I I mean, I definitely I looked I, I looked at what Lovecraft Lovecraft was plagued by anxiety and depression himself, mm-hmm. and he even claimed that he wrote a lot of his stories were inspired by crazy dreams that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the guy was I don't think super happy in himself. Um, I very intentionally did with the creatures and the different human characters in the book. 
uh, made choices to try to, I think, make meaning out of the story myself and, and pain, really. Um, and so I think a lot of people have been very shocked by the end. It is, is, it is also the end of this, the, the story. It's that third arc where things need to be big mm-hmm. um, and, and, and the creature kind of comes out. And it's almost this interesting. My hope was it was like a poetic twist. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully this just entices people, doesn't give anything away. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, especially when you get to the end of the book and you realize who the real monster or monsters are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the classic thing about, I guess that was the thing that confused me too, is in, in all the most classic monster stories, when you read Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein's monster is not the monster in the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and in all the most classic senses. So when you read, I think, a lot of modern horror, um, or a lot of slasher horror, or a lot of the modern uh, movements in the in the in the medium and the genre, uh, I think you leave that classical uh, classicalness of stories have been left in the dust um, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think I just when I was writing this, I I actually set out to write. Um, really, I approached it the whole time as like a, I felt like I was writing a 1940s black and white movie if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It, mm-hmm. I wanted a slow burn. I wanted it to just be suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it would just slowly unravel, slowly unravel, and then just kind of explode. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Interestingly enough, women, because I try to portray Charlie very emotionally for what he's dealing with, uh, most women, even women who hate horror, that like they've read it, they find it incredibly refreshing because they don't really see male characters dealing with their emotions very often. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, And you mentioned that it was that you initially wanted it to be a horror genre. Is that the case now? Is it? I think it's, I would still call it horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would, I still would call it uh, like classical horror Mm -hmm. or uh, psychological suspense. Mm -hmm. Um, even the second one, I think, gets even more, it's faster paced. I looked at the second one, um, the story's already going. So um, the third act of Doom goes very quickly. The entirety of book two goes at that pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think t- I, I'm, I'll be intrigued to see how people respond to part two because mm-hmm. it's, uh, I would say it's scarier. I would say I was able to play a lot more. And, and add a new elements and kind of subvert what people expected from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would still definitely call it horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but not what, I guess it's not what a lot of modern horror writers see as horror, mm-hmm. um, which is just very bloody. Sure. And um, not always even very suspenseful, though, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Brilliant. Okay, so the time is 13.34. We move on to production and um, the products on offer. Yeah. So um, how long did it take you to actually make um, the book? That's a good question. Um, Oh, so if we start with sort of writing, I think you mentioned, anyway, sorry, I'll let you go. Oh, that's okay. I would say when I first started the first draft, when I started Mm -hmm. writing it to the end, took about four months. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I let it sit. And then mm-hmm. at that point I had just, I'd let some people read like the first chapter or two. And, and I mean, it was a, it was a beautiful mess as all first drafts are, mm-hmm. but, um, I had some close friends and then some, some colleagues who, who I think, uh, had a place to be more lovingly critical. Um, mm-hmm. 
they all said that there was just something special there. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it needs some work, but there's something you can do. I think that gave me enough fuel to just keep going. Mm -hmm. At that time, mm -hmm. um, I was just dropping poetry on Instagram. And then within about halfway through draft two, the, um, the publisher reached out. Mm -hmm. um, and then once that started, then I just kicked it into gear. Um, mm -hmm. I had the whole thing, at least besides the last few rounds of edits, done in about eight months total. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and then passed it off to them. But this is where things get a little bit sticky, um, mm -hmm. as several people have read in, in recent Instagram posts. Yeah. Um, by the, it took about 17 months for Doom to finally come out, mm -hmm. um, even after that initial draft mm -hmm. or, uh, was submitted to the publisher. Um, I have since, I'm no longer with the publisher because so, mm -hmm. many, so many things fell apart in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was another thing I was intrigued to, 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 as far as the authorpreneur piece goes and, mm -hmm. and somebody having a brand and, and trying to protect and build credibility. Um, uh, let's just say some things went haywire, mm -hmm. which is actually why I've pulled doom and it's coming. I'm re-releasing doom in mm -hmm. a couple months, um, in the, in the way that it was supposed to be shown and sh it's supposed to be viewed and, um, uh, let's just say they let a lot of errors in and all these different things. Um, and when you've been talking about reviews, people have been very, very wonderfully gracious on the reviews, even to acknowledge some grievous mistakes the publisher made, but still praising the story or mm -hmm. leaving that out, and, and which is very nice. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting that I've actually, because I feel like I've gotten a lot better as a writer, I've actually given Doom an entire new pass mm -hmm. and improved language and different things. And it's interesting that it'll probably take me and uh, it's actually almost ready to come out right now. I'm mm -hmm. just waiting for copyright. Okay. I mean, I don't know how much detail you're actually allowed to go into. Um, yeah. About the, the sort of publishers, what happened in the background and sort of the errors that you mentioned and um, why. And I didn't actually know that you actually had the right to pull your the copyright or or the the actual novel away from the um the publishers didn't know that. yeah they were i think i was a little bit worried about that i wouldn't be able to as well um mm. i canceled each book was contracted separately and um basically just because of everything that had happened um i think again i'm not sure how much i can go into detail as well but several things happened that gave me enough leverage to um basically just say I want all the rights back and blah, blah, blah. And, mm. and then this can go away. Mm -hmm. And within a week, they just said, that's fine, which was very telling to me, if that makes sense. Right. That, that, I, was okay. in the, that I was in the complete right. And then they were a little bit scared. Um, um, but it was in a tremendous feeling to be able to feel like, okay, now, um, now I have that back. Now, mm. what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And that's where, I, uh, and I've been, I've been following you for a while, and, and especially when you started the EuthorpreneurCon um, podcast, it was funny how actually often in that month of what do I do now, how do I pivot, how do we recover, um, it's amazing how many times I thought of the name of your podcast, Authorpreneur. Okay, I'm an authorpreneur right now. What do we do? How do we fix this? How do we... <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so thank it... you for that. No, no worries at all. Um, so, I mean, it, it seems to have um, been quite an ordeal. I mean, you... you you've written it in like four months and then another eight months and then another 17 months to yeah. publish it by the publishers. Wow. It took forever. Wow. Um, I should, technically, 
according to my calendar, how I've been writing things. Right now, I'm sitting on three poetry books that come out. And I already finished the second novel, and it was completely edited before Doom even came out. Um, so I, I have like five manuscripts that I'm sitting on. And um, because everything took so long. But now, now I have a wonderful problem of just having to take the time now to get everything out one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't put them all out at the same time because that wouldn't be smart and it would also be very expensive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, may I sort of probe a bit deeper and ask Please. if, um, if it, it, what, were the, what were the actual errors that the publishers made? Um, the, couple, the couple biggest things were um, the, the book that actually, the, the, the draft that actually went out was mm. not what I would have called the final draft. Mm. So, and even I had several friends that, um, um, the, I think, but even before that though, um, I was given an opportunity to see a few things here and there and to look over things. And then I would make notes and send it back. Mm-hmm. And then everything just kept not happening, kept not happening. And all of a sudden it, um, it was like, okay, now we're going to drop it here. But I hadn't checked on certain pictures. I hadn't checked on certain, so like, um, I, and I don't expect to have full control of anything, but um, for instance, it's a Lovecraft story and I wanted to use kind of those, you know, Cthulhu-like tentacle Lovecraft creatures. Um, and I remember telling the publisher, I want some, I've seen some really neat pictures and graphics of like tentacles and it'd be really cool if like some of the, some of the chapter um, chapter pages would have like something like gleaning in from the side and uh, she included a picture of an octopus, mm-hmm. um, which maybe that's where the I neutered Lovecraft came from because mm. it's like it's like it's like a quaint octopus too. It's like adorable, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And um, I never even got to see or hold the book in my hand before it was out. The first time I had a copy of the book was two weeks after it was published. Mm-hmm. I had to buy it myself. Wow. Um, I'm also on a different continent, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that's too big. I don't think that should be the excuse. And mm-hmm. so by the time it came out, I had uh, dozens of friends that reached out to me. It's like, dude, I love your book. Uh, there's like five errors a page and it's kind of distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really frustrating. Mm-hmm. So puts a little bit extra pressure on when I get to re-release Doom. I've gone through it with a fine comb to make sure that there are no more errors in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's something I'm worried about as well when I eventually publish yeah, um, but what I want to do is to, um, having you know gone through like editors and stuff like that, is to use you know like these natural voice recorders. Yeah, um, that you sort of copy and paste the thing and it'll read it back to you. Because um, I've just realised that sometimes you can just sort of reread when you're rereading things, it just sort of makes sense even though it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, your mind will fill in the gaps. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, as a teacher, I teach high school kids, and I, I tell them all the time. The last thing I always tell them before they submit an essay is like, did you go out in the hallway and read it out loud? Well, mm. just go out in the hallway. You're going to find 30 errors. Mm, absolutely. Because <laughs> your mind uh, will just fill in the gap. Absolutely. Awesome. Brilliant. Um, so um, you've, um, would you, by the way, would you ever want to publish via a publishing house again? Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm not opposed to it. Um, mm. I, in, in putting out, um, I think I would just be more careful. Mm. Um, and I, 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 I joke around with another friend of mine um, 
that uh, that was involved with the same um, publisher that were were just kind of scarred, traumatized puppies. Hmm. Now, um, uh, at the same time, I think at this point, I would probably, unless it was a more traditional route, I don't know. Um, this was kind of one of those hybrid publishers. But on the, on yeah. the same on, at the same regard, though, um, I've actually started my own independent publishing house just to put out my own work. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's I'm technically self-publishing, but I'm I'm self-publishing under an official LLC banner. Mm -hmm. um, that um, I don't know if anything will come of it. I mm -hmm. initially just know that I wanted to put my own work out, and I wanted mm -hmm. it to have that credibility, mm -hmm. and I wanted it to be something I was. And my friend who uh, was with this company as well, he's going to put his book out now through it. And, um, and potentially it, it could, again, just be a totally different direction of because um, I feel like it's hybrid publishing companies are so expensive. Mm -hmm. and, and it's an interesting argument, right, for self-published, traditional publish, hybrid publish, or there's the vanity market, I guess, as well. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, the average hybrid publisher a writer's going to throw out somewhere between three to 5,000 of their own dollars for all mm -hmm. of that cost mm -hmm. and very rarely make that back. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in that regard, that's where I think a lot of people go independently published. And, and um, I think the, the publishing company that I'm starting with my wife um, to put our own, my own work out first, cause I've got five manuscripts, <laughs> you know, and if I went through a hybrid publisher, that's going to cost me somewhere around 20 grand to put out versus mm -hmm. if I put it out myself, I'm just paying it cost. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the next three years, it'll cost me about four. Mm -hmm. uh, and then hopefully I'll be able to use royalties. I think Doom, even 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 with its errors and mistakes, uh, I was really proud Doom sold really well, mm -hmm. um, even in the only three months that it was out. And I think that gave me confidence to, to put it out myself as well. So. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Oh, well, I'll definitely get to that in a moment. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, but I was interested um, to hear your opinion on hybrid publishing. Yeah. Um, by the way, was the publishers that you went with? Um, are you allowed to name them? Um, probably not. And I think okay. just for the sake of, we're not exactly on no speaking terms, but I think it'd okay. be better if I don't. No, no worries. Um, I don't, um, I, don't, I also don't think they're on Instagram anymore. I think they're shutting down completely, which is good. Because uh -oh. I would, I've, there's been a couple other people, I would, I would warn anybody that was going to go that direction. I'd be like, don't mm. do it. Oh, sorry you had that experience. Uh, um, were yeah, they, were they hybrid publishers? They were. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Which, which I've heard other stories like that, but I've also heard people who've had brilliant experiences with hybrid publishers. And I think, mm. um, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's really up to the individual situation. So. Yeah. So I was going to ask him how much, um, and I should know this actually, because I bought a digital copy, but how much does a digital copy cost? Uh, I believe it was eight euros. Eight. Okay. Or, and how much is it? I think it depended on the country. Okay. I think in the US it was 11. $11. Yeah. Okay. And um, the print? The print was about 14. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I was going to ask it, but I was going to ask you, but um, it's probably, it, it'd probably be them that I should be asking sort of why they chose that. But okay, no worries. What I'd then sort of ask is, um, mm -hmm. do you sort of um, sell anything else or are you preparing to sell anything else like goods, products, services, oh, subscriptions? It's a great question. I do. I've I've started a um, a, a patron account mm 
Mm-hmm. But I, but I'm not, I'm not quite using it right now. I just have like a few family members on there right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, my, my hope was to like take that author brand and, and take it a step further and have like daily engagements and posts and, and things like that. Kind of taking the people that I engage with more regularly on Instagram and, and again with the authenticity piece. Um, um, uh, to me, the the best part of the last two years of all the highs and lows has actually just been the relationship I've built with a lot of people, Mm. um, which has been really, really neat. Um, uh, Even just in the writing community, um, which I'm sure, you know, you've experienced and, and, um, but at the same time, I, I think, yeah, as far as the brand goes, as far as the, as far as uh, the writing, the books, um, I, I think I, I have dreamt, I've had huge dreams of, um, of, and I think patron does this really well. This is one of the reasons I wanted to go that direction of I think a lot of the poems that I've written in a lot of different phrases and different things like that and wordings and I think there's a huge place for um for goods as you as you mentioned like uh even I've had friends who wanted to print my poems out on shirts or on mugs mm-hmm. and things like that in in one of the things that I'm most excited about for the poetry is one of my old students um somebody I taught like six years ago. She's just one of the most incredible, brilliant young women on the planet. Mm. And she's actually done about 20 illustrations for each of the poetry books. Mm. Um, and gosh, I mean, in the back of my head, as soon as I see the poems next to her, her pictures, like all, my knee jerk reaction is these pictures need to be in people's homes. Like these, mm. her drawing, she's just an incredible artist. Mm. Um, I'm going to put them all up in my house. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think there's a cool opportunity for people to, you know, jump on Patreon and buy an individual poem with one of her pictures. And, and the two of us could could write a note or a message. And um, I, 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 I've been told by people that they want things like that. And I've just been waiting for the books to come out, which they didn't. I, my, my full intention was to have all of this up and running. Um, but even after the 17 months it took to get Doom out, the first poetry book was supposed to come out before. And... Um, I actually pulled it before they released it because I just said, I don't trust you to release this. So mm. please don't. Mm. And uh, I'm going to release it myself. Mm. So. Um, and did you pay them anything? I did a little mm. bit. I, um, I, I lucked out. Um, they were just starting and mm. they'd signed about three authors, myself and two other people right about the same time. Mm. Uh, they just started. Um, and... I think we got in for relatively cheap. Um, it wasn't until about a year later that their prices jacked up. So mm. I felt I felt lucky that um, I've, had, I've known a couple other, I think there was about seven or eight writers by the end. Um, and I know for a fact that some of the others paid much, much more exuberant money. I don't think any of us are with them anymore. Mm. If that puts it in your perspective. Yeah, actually. And, uh, but I remember talking to several of them. We, there were several times where we had phone calls together and we're just empathizing with each other <laughs> i never told anybody how much i i paid or didn't have to pay if that makes sense i've either way um and this is maybe just me being hyper positive but i um for what i ended up paying um it gave me enough confidence to keep writing the series i now mm-hmm. have written three books and three poetry books i don't mm-hmm. think that would have happened unless they reached out mm-hmm. and said that my book was worth publishing mm-hmm. So I can't be too pissed in the end. Um, mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, mm-hmm. however many, I mean, I think the doom ended up in three months selling about 600 copies and that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be forever thankful for the people that have read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that I get to put out the best version possible and keep pushing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It sucked. Um, it sucked, but it's, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And it's just really good that you were able to get the rights back. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, and um, how about any sort of coaching or teaching or workshops or courses or anything like that? I've, that's the other thing I've, I've messed around and played with as well. I, I was, I've considered how to do that. Um, I am a, a literature and writing teacher by trade. Um, mm. I've been doing this, I've been writing like fiction like this only for a few years. I haven't done it, well, at least I haven't done it since college, but I've spent the last 15 years of my career um, coaching and teaching students to have the confidence to find their own voices, mostly in essay writing, mm. but in, in fiction writing as well. And I would love nothing more than to, um, I've contemplated that too. I see writing coaches on Instagram and different mm. editor coaches. Mm-hmm. Editing's not my strongest suit. I'm a really good cheerleader. <laughs> and I'm a really, you know, um, I think there's an interesting thing. Um, somebody was, was telling, I was, was talking with somebody even here just on a video, not a video call, but like a, on Instagram, like, like this, talking about our stories. And, and they were encouraged by what I was saying to them. And they're like, you need to just become a writing coach and do this all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's a mental block or like, uh, just, I don't, I don't see the path directly, but, um, I guess part of me is like, I'd love to, I just don't know how to do that mm-hmm. or how to market that. Or I think, um, it's something I would love to do, though. I love nothing more than sitting around, hearing people's brilliant ideas, and just getting to sprinkle a little bit more passion and hope on it, and be like, "Oh my gosh, take that and run with it. That's amazing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> or have you tried this? Have you thought about this? And um, mm-hmm. I get that's what I. I mean, that's why I guess why I love teaching as well. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, awesome. Um, so it's um thirty two nineteen. We move on to um the launch, launching mm-hmm. your. Um. So um. I suppose, can you tell me a bit about how you actually launched the, um, the books? Yeah. Um, like the original launch? Yes, the original. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the original launch, I, uh, once, it was, once the date was finally set and, mm-hmm. once, and once that was happening, I guess the one, th- one thing that I did appreciate that the publisher did uh, in, that, in that process, I wish there was more that they would have done, et cetera, but uh, they did a good job of, of at least um, doing several interviews with me and, and putting up some things on their own social media mm-hmm. um, that were nice and presentable. And they asked a lot of good questions. Mm-hmm. They didn't do much at all to get anybody to follow them, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So nobody saw these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it did allow me to have access to um, some great uh, content that was about the books and some great, uh, questions and back and forth and dialogue or video. We did a video interview and, and, and posted that. And it was interesting. Um, what ended up working out really well for the fact that once I, I was on Instagram, once I announced that I was going to be publishing, it was really interesting to watch how many more people started following wow. and how many more people started engaging and mm-hmm. how many more people without me really changing much. Um, mm-hmm. And then there became this like anticipation um, and a couple of people have said I was, I've been very good at creating that anticipation, which mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it was intentional versus just me being really excited. 
Mm. Um, but about two months before the book came out, though, I was basically able to just post regularly or, or connect people to the website to where the interviews were. And, and you know, we had an eight-week lineup of first this cover and then this interview and then this and then this and then this. Um, so, and then we released the first, I think a week, two weeks before we released the, the first chapter. And then the next day we released uh, the pre-orders for online. And, um, and it was a system that I'll probably follow similarly for when I re-release it and then release the subsequent books. Um, I think that was a really, um, again, there was holes and it, mm-hmm. and it didn't have a huge outreach from their end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really great. And even at the school that I work at, we have a marketing director and mm-hmm. I sat down with her and she had a really, really good point of have a, have a three month plan, have your monthly goals, your weekly goals and your daily goals for the marketing side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really, really incredible and helpful to sit down to that. I'm going to apply these to to doom's relaunch um i think giving people a taste of the text i already have the new cover i have a new um i have my plan that's in place now for when i'm going to release the first chapter again to read when i'm going to release um uh, the cover um doing um giveaways for free copies of the book or signed Mm -hmm. copies of the book things like that i think Mm -hmm. will be powerful and i'm excited to be able to play them off each other Part of me just wants to get Doom back out there so I can finally get to the rest of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and um, so would you say it was a good launch or a medium? Um, that's a good question. It's the only one I've ever had. Sure. And it was, it, <laughs> there was definitely hiccups, but mm-hmm. I would say it was good. Mm-hmm. Did you have a street team? Um, I had um, nothing. This is the cool thing, too. It was nothing that I put together. But sure. I absolutely had indirectly built a pretty strong um, community just on Instagram. Mm. Um, I had, I had, I think I lucked out too because I've taught at five different schools in the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. So I had these pockets of community uh, and students and colleagues and different people. Um, it was actually it brought me to tears the day that I launched both the cover and the book. Mm-hmm. Um, with how many people came out of the woodwork and reshared things or spread word, um, it was it was much larger than I was anticipating, mm. um, which which was flattering. And it's and and part of me, you know, the the insecurity in in a human, right? I'm wondering, okay, when I do this again, mm. are those same people going to come out of the woodwork, or is it going to be, you know, has it lost steam? I don't know. Mm. It'll be interesting. And um, so I think like the, but I see people doing street teams. I've been requested by other people to be a part of that almost street mm. team. And, and I will, I always, especially if I know the person or especially if I'm gonna read the book um, mm. and, and really engage, but um, I just know how getting, getting word out and, and is so important. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably be uh, kicking, begging and screaming everybody possible to, to get word out or, or repost something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 some people get annoyed or they, I see even posts from other people saying like, don't ask me to do this with your book. And I'm like, man, that's, that's not cool. Like, mm. and I just still, I want to tell people, Hey, everybody ask me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and do you, do you do um, email marketing in newsletters? I haven't, but I'm going to, yeah. I, I'm, I'm absolutely going to start that. I have a website 
that I was going to launch before mm -hmm. the last Doom. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I saw what happened with Doom coming. Mm -hmm. So I put a lot of things on hold even before Doom came out. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think it would have been even a bigger launch. Mm -hmm. I have... Um, I'm going to have a website before it launches again mm -hmm. um, and that will have that I'll start collecting um, email uh, and newsletters and things like that. I mm -hmm. think from people I've talked to, from people I've read about, anything that I've researched, uh, even I, I think Tyler Perry, um, Tyler Perry, uh, the director, mm -hmm. uh, writer, director, he he every time he's ever asked what's the key to his success, he actually says it's his email list. Mm. He, go, he, he puts it all down. He's, been, he's had the same uh, email list uh, for 30-something years, and he has 11 million people on it. Mm. And he's like, if you do something or you're going to need something or make something, if you send it out to that email list, by the end of the day, you'll have more than everything you need. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, but he's like hey, I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to mm. send it out to the email list. Oh, mm -hmm. we got the budget. Good. Wow, there you go. The power and it's of like, that. So I'm like, oh my god, and and um, that's incredible. And being yeah. able to being able to have that voice mm -hmm. and that much of a reach is incredible. I'm okay. kicking myself that I didn't start it a year ago, mm. and I'm still trying to figure out why I haven't. I keep well, telling myself I'm going to do it next to the launch and, mm. and connect it, but mm -hmm. well, at least you know, you know now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I, I knew the importance of, um, you know, creating a, an email list, but I just, I just was a bit sort of um, dragging my feet because yeah. I didn't really know sort of what to write. And then I said, actually, just write about things that you actually like, like business stuff. And I was like, mm. okay, I'll do that. And then, yeah, that's, that's what uh, motivated me to actually start mine. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, how about um, paid um, reviews and book tours and book blogs? Have you done any of that? And would you do any? I've, I've steered clear of uh, of that. Well, there, I guess there was one. There's one person I did pay the review. Mm -hmm. um, I think most of that was um, I really appreciate her and respect her, and I love her account on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's Morality mm -hmm. and Horror. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, but. No. Um, mm -hmm. um, she does it's it's pretty cheap it's by the you know even like point zero zero one one something by the word um i mean she's not trying to make a living off of the reviews she's a, a great writer herself um mm -hmm. she has an incredible reach as well so mm -hmm. it was like oh and part of me just wanted to see what she thought of my book mm -hmm. um but I, I i think for the most part as far as like the other paid reviews and and i steer clear most of it i think mm -hmm. she was the one that i just felt comfortable doing mm -hmm. That being said, um, I did, there was five or six other accounts um, that I, that I just mailed copies to, mm -hmm. if that made sense, which yep. is kind of like a sort of form of payment, right? You're giving them at least a free copy of the book. Mm -hmm. And I just said, Hey, uh, and, and, but there was, there was kind of a, there was kind of a, a litmus test I had to give you to, to kind of justify it to myself though, where they all had, they were, A, I've read their books and they're incredible writers. Mm -hmm. um, so if somebody said something about my book, then there was, there was going to be a, a certain level of authenticity to it. Mm -hmm. They also had, have really engaging followings and are really engaging themselves, if that mm -hmm. made sense. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess I would put them in the, in the stock of, uh, this is the, certain, the similar group that I would want to be associated with, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And, and as, as far as credibility goes, I wanted, um, and it was very flattering that they liked the story. So that was really mm-hmm. nice too. Mm-hmm. How about uh, blog tools? I've thought about it. Sure. Um, I would love to do. I've written a couple of blogs or guest spots on people's blogs. Mm. I'm going to start my own blog once the website's up. Mm. Um, but I, I, I don't think I would pay for it. But mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of it. But I, at the same time, maybe not. I don't know. Once the book comes out and the royalties are more in my control, mm. uh, and I have a little bit more freedom and flexibility with that. If we if we have the same conversation a year from now, and I have a hundred percent access to my royalties and what I do with it, we might be having a different conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? If there's yeah, a little absolutely. bit more, if there's more loose cash, I'm like, oh, I could drop a hundred dollars or euros, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know, I've, I I follow another guy that just does indie author marketing, mm-hmm. and he's got he's getting me to think quite a bit about um, paid advertising and and and. Um, I hear a lot of negativity about it. He's he's got me to rethink a lot of things. A lot of he's getting me to tackle my biases. I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just going back to the um, reviews. Um, yeah. Was it useful? Was the paid review re- useful? Did it have the sort of effect that you wanted? Um, I that's a good question. I mean, I only did the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the interesting thing about Instagram too. Um, I think when, when, when the book comes out and I have a little bit more control, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to, to try to do different forms of paid reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I think I'm going to actually take out space in, um, in, uh, newspapers, both online and, uh, in print mm-hmm. for, but specific newspapers in the communities that people know me in, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay. So I think that'll be more credible, um, mm-hmm. And I think the, the five people that I sent a book to, one of which I paid the equivalent of 20 euros to have them read, um, I, I think that in the end, I, I can't help but say that was, that was a good expense. I think they were absolutely uh, good and useful. Um, those people were great. They're credible people. They're credible writers. They're credible accounts. And... Um, I've even asked if I could, I mean, I've asked several of them if I could use their name and comment and review for things that I'm going to do online later. And they said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that can't do anything but help. The funny thing is, though, and I've talked to other um, independent or even traditionally published authors on Instagram, and the Instagram writing community is the most encouraging thing in the world. But Mm -hmm. it is interesting that I would say nine out of 10 of the writers on Instagram will never actually buy your book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing that's interesting too. People are like, "Oh my gosh, you're getting like 700 likes on Instagram," and I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, but that doesn't mean 700 people are going to buy my book." Mm-hmm. Like, the reality is, I think most of the book sales probably came from people that I know in the different communities I built. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the this the books that I've sold probably have more to do with the relationships that I've built in different mm-hmm. communities throughout my life. Yeah. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, definitely when the books start coming out more and there's more of them, uh, I want to look a lot more seriously into reviews. I haven't done, I haven't done anything with paid reviews like, um, like on Instagram, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or Facebook. But I hear a lot of people say that there's a lot to be said about paying 
10 euros a month to have a running ad for your story. Um, mm -hmm. I hear a lot of good things about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Brilliant. Um, so it's um, 4603. Um, we move on to sales yeah. um, segment. So when did you start selling the book? Uh, it came out on August 27th. Mm -hmm. um, 2021? Of 2021, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and um, where did you sell them? Um, it was sold on, uh, it was sold digitally, uh, mm -hmm. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, which is mm -hmm. kind of like the Waterstones of the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just them, but then it was also, um, it was available through paperback, um, through Ingram press, uh, mm -hmm. or Ingram, um, the big book distributor, one of the, one of the three big distributors in the U S mm -hmm. um, and the, I, I actually, I managed to get it into about 30 stores though. Mm -hmm. And that was an interesting thing um, that might be intriguing to, to writers or, or other entrepreneurs. Um, I was even talking to my friend who is going to publish through my publishing company. And he was asking me, like, well, how did you get it into the stores? And I just said, I just went old school and I picked up my phone, kind of like an old phone book. And I just canvassed and I just mm -hmm. called bookstore after bookstore after bookstore after bookstore. And it was incredible. Um, every single bookstore I called every one of them mm -hmm. grabbed at least one to five copies of the book. Mm -hmm. um, and had, they all loved the idea of, of um, uh, I actually got to go in and do some signings at about five of them, mm -hmm. um, which was cool even amidst COVID. Um, but again, the same, the same story is true. Um, the communities that I've lived in and had connections to those bookstores um, went off the charts. There was two bookstores in us. I mean, it sold around 600 copies, mm -hmm. uh, 200 of them alone, uh, probably closer to 300 actually mm -hmm. were in Astoria itself where the book takes place. Ah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and probably 200 of those all came from the same bookstore, uh, right downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, which I, I, I even went, I went to in October, I flew back to the U S for this and I went to that bookstore and I sat in there for two days and got to see some old friends, colleagues, students, and just had hundreds of people coming in and out. Um, either they bought the book online and I just signed their copy. Um, they bought 40 copies of the book. By the mm -hmm. time I got there, they, like they came on a Friday. I, mm -hmm. uh, the book just got there on Friday. I flew in that Saturday, hung out in Portland for a few days, got to Astoria on Tuesday. Within those three days, the 40 books were already gone. Mm -hmm. And they had already had to order more, but they got there about an hour after my books signing was supposed to start, but there weren't any books. Mm. Oh, wow. Which was a, great, was a great problem to have. So I Absolutely. just hung out and drank coffee and chatted with people. And then the book showed up. Oh. But, but again, a lot of that comes down to canvassing. And, um, and I mean, I had to put all that together myself. Mm -hmm. And um, do you think that naming it um, Astoria and selling it in Astoria helped sales. Abs absolutely, 100%. Mm -hmm. It was never, I wish I could say it was all part of the plan, you know, because it, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I happened to just, I lived in Astoria for seven years, mm -hmm. and I went through um, some intense experiences there that kind of connected to some intense experiences from my past. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess I would say Astoria was the place that I just kind of shattered as a human. Mm -hmm. um, objectively like i loved the town and i felt a little bit bad for what i did to it at the end of the story um 
but but uh absolutely though like um i chose the setting just because that's where i broke and that's mm -hmm. where charlie's character broke because he was mirroring me um and then as the book was being written and rewritten and rewritten and then once i knew it was going to be published as a book i just loved and kind of laughed at the at the gimmicky thought i, I can't count i've had a couple hundred people reach out to me in the last five months saying oh my gosh it was so crazy students or friends saying it was so crazy reading a book but it was a book about the place i'm from mm -hmm. and because i lived there for seven years and they've lived there their whole lives every single book or every building every street every restaurant every single place charlie goes exists that would be an interesting and very fun read actually i think yeah to actually sort of set it in a place where you know very well yeah it was it was really fun it was mm -hmm. i mean and and one of my one of my favorite reviews um it's it's from a person that i know very well but one of my favorite reviews is they didn't even really talk about the story they just said i love the story oh my gosh it it it, it sucked me in but what they went off on their review talking about um um their favorite part was the description of the city um, and their description of the nuances of Charlie experiencing this town for the first time. Mm. Um, and it was really healing for me because I left that city destroyed. Mm. But then in writing the book, it actually reminded me how beautiful it was. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think there's any place more beautiful in the world than Astoria on one of its three sunny days of the year. <laughs> it's really cloudy there a lot. Mm. Awesome. Okay, so you were published with... Uh... I think you said it was a hybrid publisher. Yep. Um, did they give royalties or how, I'm, I'm not sure how it works actually. Yeah, that's a good question. With a hybrid publisher, um, the way it's different, um, essentially with a, with a traditional publisher, you don't really have to pay anything up front. They take okay. care of everything, but then mm -hmm. they keep up to 90% of the royalties. Mm -hmm. um, with a hybrid publisher, you it depends on on where you go who you're talking with but you pay more up front for mm -hmm. those services mm -hmm. and then you get to keep more of the back end mm -hmm. so um i did get royalties and i will continue to get uh royalties and uh, i'll get it'll, it'll as of right now i think it'll get done being paid out this year um mm -hmm. so and that's the other thing where as a lot of other people who went through this publisher they they paid a lot more than i did up front i'll actually mm -hmm. end out on top by the mm -hmm. end mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I did get, I think, I think I can say this, uh, the way the, the contract that I signed, uh, I got about 60% of the royalties, mm -hmm. which is pretty high when you mm -hmm. look at any, any, anywhere in the writing world, mm -hmm. having my own publishing company now putting the book out, I'll mm -hmm. get a hundred percent of them, which is mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, All right. Um, and, um, so you're planning two more. Mm -hmm. um brilliant um and um do you have any idea of how of how you're going to sort of boost sales or is it just um, things that you build on things that you've already done that's a good uh probably both i mm -hmm. i've i've definitely i'm definitely going to keep doing what i did and then okay. keep um keep building on all of those things yeah um, and, and, and how do you feel about um, youtube and tiktok I actually, it's funny, I downloaded TikTok two weeks ago, mm. uh, which because it's another one of those things that I had to confront my bias. Mm -hmm. And in the back of my head, I'm like, no, isn't TikTok just something that like my 14-year-old girl students use? Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's the, it's the single most downloaded app, right? Mm. 
social media app in the world. And mm. I didn't realize how many writers are on it. I think mm. it's one of those things, right? It's like um, I have to get over my my bias mm. and, and, and jump on there and, and, and give it a whirl and a swim. Mm -hmm. but I think I'm, I definitely, I'm going to build a website, do the blog. Um, but also, uh, I need to, like, like you said, I liked how you were describing your, 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 with a you're kind of waffling with the email list, right? I'm just, I got to bite the bullet and start the email list. Mm. Um, <laughs> Tyler Perry said it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, okay, so um, if we move on to uh, investment, um, do you invest in yourself as a business person? Um, and by that, I mean, like, um, do you um, get education, formal sort of education or informal education? Oh, that's a good question. I've, I'm starting to now, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but that I don't think that started more credibly until um, until my wife and I pulled the trigger on starting our um, publishing, uh, business. Mm -hmm. Um, I think before I just saw myself as the writer, which mm -hmm. I, I had the luxury to do so. Um, mm -hmm. and again, I don't even think it was until you launched your podcast that I, that it occurred to me that, Oh yeah, we are kind of a business person too. Right. Cause we want to sell our books and there's things we can do. Mm -hmm. I think I have a mind for it. Um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who have even published books in the last year, but they're like, and they get really discouraged because no one's buying it. And in the back of my head, I remember thinking, I just knew my publisher wasn't going to do very much. And I knew that if I needed to get this book in people's hands, um, I needed to get the book in people's hands. So, um, you know, I made calls. I, I connected with people. I reached out to as many people as possible. Um, I'm, the, I'm, I'm a very tenacious person. I'm a mm -hmm. very driven person and can mm -hmm. be a little bit crazy and maniacal in that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like, as you talk about um, investing in that business aspect of it, I will generally wing it as long and much as I can. But then when I hit the wall and recognize that my skills have ended and I need more, I mm -hmm. will go out and find it, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, luck, I also luck out because... Um, most of my best friends are uh, own their own businesses or mm -hmm. run a business or work very high up in a business. Mm -hmm. One of my best friends in the world is currently getting a PhD in like small business analysis. Mm -hmm. um, and my father-in-law, my wife's father started his own company that ended up kind of being um, one of the largest companies in the United States that got products into like grocery stores and Fred Myers. So mm -hmm. I think I, we let naturally my wife and I luck out of having a lot of people we can go to, mm -hmm. but at the same time, um, it's, a, it, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's something I never thought I'd be passionate about. But as soon as we started the, the publishing company, I started recognizing, Oh my gosh, I'm actually excited about this too. Like at yeah. first it was just, at first it was nothing more than, how do I get my books out there? Mm -hmm. um, the books are what's exciting me, but there's some excitement to this too. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I went through the same sort of process. So yeah. Wanting to write and then realizing it's a business and actually really enjoying the idea of a, a business. I, I keep on saying to my friends, like, I feel like I've just discovered capitalism. Because my background is in because I'm a medic, um, so I've really just sort okay. of focused on um, you know patients and things like yeah. that. 
Um, but, you know, just sort of doing this and going through all of this, it's like, wow, yeah, this is actually what all these people have been talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I get, I get that because <laughs> as a teacher, as a medic, I'm, I'm pre- I presume there's probably a little bit more of an intrinsic value, right? Um, h- how do you mean? Like intrinsic, like you're helping people, you're working with people. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, yes. That, like that's, my, the, that's the value. That's the, the exactly. Yeah. In, in like teaching, um, I've it's funny because people always make fun of teachers or there's a joke that teachers are all poor. I've never considered myself poor. I've always had everything I needed. Mm. I don't make as much money as a lot of my friends. Um, mm. But. Uh, I had a friend trying to convince me to go into commercial real estate with him. And I've mm. just said, no, man, I, mm. my soul would, would, would scream mm. <laughs> just because I, uh, there's, I like the intrinsic. I like that I get to hang out and be a dork with 13, 14 year olds all day and mm. just love them to death and watch them become incredible humans. Mm. Um, but I like, I might, I might steal your phrase if that's okay. I've just discovered capitalism. Now that, uh, it is, it's almost like a, it's an interesting addiction in and of itself, right? It's like, ooh, last month I sold 100 books. I wonder if I could sell 120 this month. Mm. I wonder what can I do to tweak this to get the mm. reach a little bit further? What can yeah. I do, right, to how can this branch out a little bit more? On mm. the next book, what can I do to – can I get to 10 different bookstores instead of six? Mm. Um, I mean, I have been warned against some of the dangers of, uh, of that in terms of depending on sort of sales and things like that or that sort of buzz. Um, someone advised me to sort of um, look towards doing, you know, um, the process really and um, sort of ha- gaining happiness through that because if somebody sort of focuses on the sales and things like that and they're not going well it can be discouraged oh um, I believe so, that yeah so um, that's wisdom right there the, yeah absolutely and I think that's sort of the only sort of wisdom that you can get from practicing and reflecting mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah so just like focusing on the process and practicing good business principles um so mm. I, I really definitely absorbed that um for yeah. when I, I'm, I'm launching that's good, really good. Well, it's, a, it's yeah. another i mean that almost points to something else that you need you need people above you right you need people or next to you at least mm-hmm. to be I, able to, so, to pass those gems along people to check absolutely. in with you, right absolutely I mean, it depends on how people's brains work. You know, some people That's might true. just, yeah, be motivated by you know, low sales. Um, you know, um, Ooh, yeah. okay. Which, <laughs> which um, I was going to speak about um, sort of investing um, and yeah. return on investment. So before um, I jump to that, um, have you ever thought about sort of crowdfunding things like that? I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the last year and a half, I think I've considered about every way possible to mm-hmm. um especially like as soon as i as soon as i um i mean i've always loved teaching but as soon as the first book was done and i started working on book two um mm-hmm. and then i recognized that i was able to do certain things easier and i recognized that i was getting better and i mm-hmm. recognized how alive i was mm-hmm. um like even getting excited talking about the business side of it and and getting excited being able to learning how to um, maybe maneuver certain things. And I, I don't even think I realized how much of that I'd picked up until I was explaining it to a friend about a month ago. Cause mm-hmm. he's like, I wouldn't even know where to begin to think about this. And I was like, well, you have to do this first and then this, and you have to think about that. Mm-hmm. It struck me how much I'd grown. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I started writing book two and recognized how much I'd grown as a writer mm-hmm. and how much I wanted to push the book and the story and how much I wanted to, uh, I, I, 
I guess my, my passion for writing exploded tenfold. Yeah. All I could think about was what can I do to do this full time? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, what can I do to just do this all the time? So I, I considered, um, let's just say in, in the, in the vein of that, I considered every, every possible way to, to, to raise income I could think of to be, able, <laughs> if that makes shame, shamelessly and unshamelessly. No, no, no shame, no shame. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it's like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> um, you know it's it's hard, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, but I've thought about that. I was like, could you crowdfund? Like even going hybrid. Hybrid is great, but it's expensive. I mm. think if you go through a tradi- like a good traditional hybrid, mm-hmm. where you're guaranteed not to have the experience that I had, mm. is going to cost somebody like thirty five to fifty five hundred dollars. Mm. Not everybody has that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so the absolutely. people that don't you can publish on Amazon for free and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not be, again, you won't have the reach. If you go through a traditional publisher or a, a hybrid publisher that might cost you 5,000 out of pocket, mm-hmm. those people are going to be a little bit more adept to at least coach you or walk you through, um, marketing or how to get your book out there. Uh, you know what I mean? But if mm-hmm. a person who's just out there by themselves and publishes on Amazon and doesn't know anything and, and is a little bit scared and, and timid to go figure it out, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that book's just not going to sell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and in terms of um, sort of return on investment, um, mm-hmm. would you say that you've made a healthy return or you're yet to make the sort of um, return or profits rather? I would say I've made a... I, I, would, I wouldn't call it a healthy return, but I'd say mm. it's a return. It's a return. Okay. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. monetarily as well as the intrinsic value of the sure. process. Mm-hmm. Monetarily, I think, it's, I, I think it's acceptable given, I mean, yeah, you've heard at least the Reader's Digest of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think monetarily it's, it's been good considering what it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it points toward being better later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then intrinsically, um, the returns have been exponential. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of um, sort of connections, mental health, all of, all of that. So good stuff. Yeah, all mm-hmm. of, well, even, and even process, like as you were talking about, um, process of writing, process mm-hmm. of business, process of figuring out what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last couple of years, I feel like I've done certain things really right and really well mm-hmm. um, that I'll continue. But I've also mm-hmm. done a lot of stupid things, made a lot of mistakes or mm. things have happened outside of my control that mm. we can look for now and, mm. um, and adjust earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I think, and especially considering, considering the costs, what it's going to cost me to put Doom back out, and then each book that subsequently comes out after that, both poetry and novel, mm. the return on those based on this, uh, even if it just keeps going, um, the return will be healthy, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, although, w- what is healthy? Well, when you said like you've sold six hundred copies, um, yeah. that's very healthy. Um, yes, because most, I think most so. isn't it? Like most um, most sell books about don't sell more than two. Yeah. Oh, you said two or two hundred? About two two fifty. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, six hundred is healthy. Yeah. Um, so uh, we don't know about. Um, not going to go into what you paid the hybrid publisher, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, you know sort of from from sort of roughly speaking it would be around in terms of income um four maybe five thousand yeah okay yeah that well that that is healthy it's it's yeah it's exactly i Mm -hmm. i guess i hesitated because i haven't received it all yet Mm -hmm. 
if that makes sense. Oh dear, those people. <laughs> but well, yeah, it's 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 coming slowly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have I have I'm garnering more faith each month that mm-hmm. it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have received some and been assured others is coming, and Wait. other people have received certain things back. So all looks good. I just don't have all of it yet. They don't even give it to. Wow, that's. That's rude. <laughs> it's been a process, man. Yeah. It's been a process. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. Yikes. Okay, well. I like to with... think it's made me more patient and maybe a better person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> more intrinsic value. Yeah, but no, I guess I guess in the end, it, it's been, it's been, um, yeah, it's been healthy. Um, mm-hmm. A headache, but healthy. And then with, it'll be interesting to see as the sale, as, as future books come out, right? I mean, the hope mm-hmm. is always right, especially if it's part two and it's linked. People will be like, oh, this new book is out. And then, oh, this guy said it was really good. Oh, I haven't read the first one yet. I guess I'll go do that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you hope that it'll build and, and, mm-hmm. and, and especially what, what, then if you want to put it on Kindle, I hear the yes. series. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Time is, um, uh, something. <laughs> oh, it's um, 60, 70. Um, so we actually are wrapping up. Um, if we just, um, the, the last segment is about the business itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, would you tell us something that we don't know about the business of publishing Ooh. that you've sort of discovered? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think um, something I've discovered about the business of publishing is... If you're not willing to put in the time yourself, it's probably not going to get done. Mm. And that, I don't know, that might just be like a cynical, a hardened experience because of my, my, the, you know, the explosion with the publisher. Mm. But I think, um, yeah, you, you have to be willing to, to put in the time, but maybe more importantly than that, um, I think the single most important thing is to believe in yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm Because if you believe in yourself, then you'll be willing to put in the time, not just to write, but Mm -hmm. to, to sell the book. Um, Like, like I, like, I think, uh, I think we were laughing earlier. Um, It's almost audacious to, 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 to walk up to somebody like, Hey, would you read my book (laughs) or Mm -hmm. would you buy my book? Mm -hmm. Um, You have to almost, I think I did a lot of things. Uh, I even one of my one of my side majors at university was like public speaking. So I was almost tr- trained to go in front of a lot of people and 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 willingly make an, a fool of myself and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, being willing to call a a um, a bookshop or a person or connect with somebody in kind of almost like a cold call. And uh, which is a very business thing, right? You just cold come in mm-hmm. new entry people in most businesses get the, the fun jobs like that. Mm. But believing in yourself enough to make a hundred phone calls, know that you're going to get rejected probably 70 times, but the 30 that count build. And then the next time those 30 plus maybe 30 more. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we just have to be, but even, even I met someone who published a book traditionally and they, you know, they were, they never published a book before the traditional, it was uh, not Harper press. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it was, it was a really big publisher. Uh, Penguin. Mm-hmm. No. 
it was through Penguin, but it was a subsidiary. Hmm. Anyway, uh, really big publisher, publishes big name works. Um, they, she, she lives here in Amsterdam hmm. um, and uh, sold 16 copies of her book mm-hmm. total mm-hmm. every time she would walk into this uh it's called the american there's the waterstones and the american book center on the same same block here and she would walk into both and she did did anybody buy the book and the guy behind the register would say no mm-hmm. um and i remember talking to the guy at the register about this and he said something to me that was very telling um he goes thank you for because i went in there daily and would check like i would walk home from work and i would swing into the bookshop and he'd be like hey do you sell any more copies today? And he goes, yeah, two more. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right. But I was coming in regularly. Uh, the only reason the book got in there was because I walked in there and asked them, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? And instigating mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, yeah, we have to believe in our work enough, A, to do it, but then B, to believe that it's worth telling people about. Mm. Absolutely. Um Okay, so what has been your greatest um, achievement in terms of uh, being an entrepreneur um, thus far? Mm. Um, I would say the greatest achievement is self-belief. Mm-hmm. The same thing, and ironically, what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, writing the books in themselves was a huge leap of faith. Mm-hmm. accepting what I learned through the process of writing them was a big leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, landing on the other side and realizing that this was something that wasn't over, but now I can take and run with in this mm-hmm. business way. Um, regardless of what happens with the business, mm-hmm. um, the fact that I get to run with it now is just thrilling. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If that meant, which kind of lines up even with what you said earlier, not worrying about the numbers, but just mm. that process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, have be, just having the process is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a good process means, and a good product or creation means. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. Yeah. And what would you say is the biggest um, mistake that you've made thus far? I think I have an inkling of um, what that would be, but um, what would you say? Um, the biggest, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the the interesting thing is I, I had a, I, I have been a long believer in following your gut instinct. Mm. Uh, my gut instinct told me something that I didn't listen to. And then, and then the big snafu took place. Mm. Even before I signed that contract, I felt bad about it, but I did mm. it anyway. Mm. And okay. even, even this is even better though. On mm-hmm. top of that all the day after I signed, the contract and then emailed it back one of my students who was 12 years old this 12 year old girl came up to me at 805 the next morning right before class started and she just said mr craig have you signed that contract yet because i mm-hmm. told my, my students about it and i said yeah last night she goes oh no and i said why she's like i woke up in like a cold sweat at one in the morning because you didn't sign your contract and you, or you, you signed your contract. And then a month later, somebody else reached out to you and that contract was what was going to make you famous or something like that. That's very interesting. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. And then my, and then I just was sick to my stomach mm. and, and then the last year happened. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. 
I've told her since that I broke mm-hmm. off the contract, and she goes, "You should have listened to me, Mr. Craig." I was like, "I know. <laughs> I know. I should always listen to you." There's got some awesome um, students. They're they're uh, pretty incredible humans. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, and do you set business goals? And if so, um, would you care to share any? That's a good question. Um, I'm just starting to actually. Um, I've had writer goals, you know. Mm-hmm. I have book goals and I have story goals and I have uh, different things that way. My wife and I started, um, we started the, let's see, I think it was mid, the beginning of December, we got the official green light that our business, our publishing company was official. Mm -hmm. And um, we're in the current process of re-putting out Doom. Um, So our goals as of right now, which my wife and I have kind of written out, we have my five finished manuscripts, if that makes sense. And then mm-hmm. the one that I'm working on, Doom's third finale. Um, we have kind of long-term goals of just making sure we get those all out by a certain time, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then as of right now, we're, we're keeping um, kind of the debit and credit of, um, of costs and how much we've spent. Um, and we have also long-term goals of hoping that the publishing company and the royalties from the books will pay off everything. Even with the royalties, um, I'm not counting also the royalties I haven't received yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but our goal, we have, you know, we have goals like uh, we, we've sent, we spent a certain amount of money on ISBNs. We've spent a certain amount of money on just upfront costs, you know, mm-hmm. that we know we're going to have. Uh, we bought formatting software that we now have for life. We bought editing software. So these are like single cost. Like we just have to buy them for the process. And um, so we have, our goal is by the end of 2023 to have all of those costs kind of paid off, if that makes sense, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with royalties. So we have, we have goals like that, that um, we don't need to live off of this business, um, but mm-hmm. we want it to eventually be self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good, good. Um, and um, is there anything you think I've missed or anything anything you'd want to say? Um, I don't think so. No, we covered a lot. Wow. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, what would you say is your take-home message to fellow authors? Oh, man. Um, find your story and mm-hmm. let it bleed on the page. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I've talked to a lot of writers and, and even just students when we write fiction in class. Whenever, whenever someone says, I, I want to write, but I don't know what to write about, um, I always tell them to look at themselves and, and what, are you, what are you struggling to understand about the world right now? Um, mm-hmm. Write about that. Mm-hmm. And then you'll probably find your answer along the way anyway. Mm-hmm. And because that was powerful for you, that's going to become a powerful story. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, brilliant. So, uh, we're wrapping up. Um, Where can people find you and engage with you? Mm, uh, You can find me on Instagram at Mm -hmm. uh, Craig Randall Writing, um, as well as Facebook uh, at Craig Randall Writing. Um, And then hopefully by the end of February, uh, CraigRandallWriting.com, the website, uh, will Mm -hmm. be up with kind of a preview of everything to come. Um, as well as uh, what will start being um, a bi-monthly or bi-weekly blog. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I, I can't wait to check that out. 
um, and I'll sign up to your news, <laughs> newsletter as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and the newsletter, that's going to come too. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, yes. Um, good. And um, when is your uh, is Doom being re-released, uh, approximately? Uh, it's a good question. Approximately, uh, right now, um, I'm fingers crossed, it depends. The only thing we're waiting on right now is the copyright, um, and uh, which is just a three-month process. Um, mm-hmm. everything else is ready. If I had the copyright right now, I could put it out tomorrow. Mm. Uh, but because of the copyright, I'm crossing my fingers for the end of March, beginning of April. Right. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause in, in, is that for the States copyright? Yeah. For, the it's, States. It's for yeah. the States. Exactly. Yeah. Cause in the UK, it's an automatic thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that but would, sure. It's funny. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You say it's funny that. No, that's uh, is that, oh, I was just saying it's it's funny the difference. Um, oh right, because like everything in the U.S., everything in the U.S. is 330 million people. Not that everybody's publishing something, but every single piece of published work in anything has to go through the United States Library of Congress. Right. Okay. Well, that's an interesting to bear in mind if you want to sell in the U U.S. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it takes it takes three months. Yeah. Uh, and, and how much? Uh, it's not very expensive. I okay. think it's, it's like, uh, it's a, it's a classic, uh, like $50 processing fee. I feel like every, this is a weird thing about the U S too. Every single bureaucratic process costs 50 bucks. Oh, right. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, it, it probably all takes about three months too. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Okay. Well, um, I'll speak to you um, soon. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.